Welcome to Rapidly Rotating Records, an hour of toe-tapping music from Rapidly Rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s with yours truly, Glenn Robison. We've got dance bands, hot bands, sweet bands, show tunes, novelty tunes, blues, jazz, and more on everything from Aeolian to Xenophone and by everyone from Aronson to Zerky. On this week's show, our single birthday salute goes to Lummy Lewis. We'll hear some more from the West End Celebrity Orchestra and honor a player in Mickey Guy's orchestra. And we'll have some songs about Eli and Johnny. Yesterday, March 4th, marked the birth in 1910 in Seagoville, Dallas County, Texas, of Columbus L. Lewis to Robert Benton Lewis and Cora Eliza Chaffins. Better known throughout his life as a lummy, he attended Spearsville High in Spearsville, Louisiana. I have no information about his early life or musical training, but on Wednesday, June 23, 1937, Lummy Lewis and his Merrymakers had their one and only recording session. It took place at 508 Park Avenue in Dallas in the building originally opened in 1930 as the Warner Brothers Building, home of Vitagraph, the Warner Brothers subsidiary which distributed Vitaphone shorts and cartoons, First National Pictures, and Warner Brothers Pictures. In the 30s, a Brunswick Records warehouse was located on the third floor, and in the late 30s, producer Don Law built a makeshift recording studio for field recording sessions. Others recorded during the three-week field recording session in June of 1937 included Robert Johnson, Bob Wills, and the Light Crust Doughboys. Lummy Lewis and his Merrymakers made six sides, and all six were issued... But I guess they didn't sell well, and that was the end of Lewis's musical career. At the time of the 1940 census, Lummy was employed by the Texas State Fair, and a couple of years later, as a security guard, when on October 5, 1942, he volunteered for service in the Army Air Corps and served until his discharge on October 17, 1945. Following his military service, Lewis became a Dallas police officer and is much better known for his law enforcement career than his musical career. Specifically, on November 22, 1963, Dallas County Sheriff's Department Deputy C.L. Lummy Lewis was on duty and standing on the sidewalk in the 500 block of Main Street when President Kennedy's motorcade passed by and turned the corner onto Houston Street. A few seconds later, he heard the three shots fired at the president. He ran around the corner to the park on Elm Street and took information from three people there who worked at the Texas School Book Depository building. He later took statements from numerous people who were brought to the sheriff's office. Lummy Lewis was still working for the Dallas County Sheriff's Department as a criminal investigator when he died of a heart attack on March 2, 1978, in Baylor Hospital in Dallas. He's buried in the Highland Gardens neighborhood of Grove Hill Memorial Park. Here are three of the six sides recorded by Lummy Lewis and his Merrymakers. Rain. 
Day is through. I will always be in love with you. 
a Merrymaker's Stomp, written by Lummy Lewis from Vocalion 03632. Besides Lummy on guitar, the Merrymakers were George Huttinger on fiddle, Reedman Carl Highsmith, pianist Mac Register, Alden Wimpy Hudson on tenor banjo, and Dick Halston or Pinky Dawson on string bass. Before Merrymaker's Stomp was Sweetheart of Mine on Vocalion 03855. It was sung there by Shelley Lee Alley, who wasn't likely to forget the words since he wrote them. Lummy Lewis was heavily influenced by Jimmy Rogers, and we started the set with Jimmy Rogers' song, Travelin' Blues, co-written with Shelley Lee Alley, who played violin on Rogers' original 1931 recording. Lummy Lewis is the vocalist on this record, the only one of the six on which he sings, and he even throws in a little yodeling a la Jimmy Rogers. The Merrymaker's version of Travelin' Blues is almost identical to one made by Leo Chapelier's Lone Star Cowboys, which came out earlier in 1937 on DECA. This session with Lewis led to a contract of his own for Alley with Vocalion later that year. I'm Glenn Robison, and you and I are listening to Rapidly Rotating Records, bringing you vintage music to which you can't not tap your toes from rapidly rotating 78 RPM records of the 1920s and 30s. Last week you heard a recording by the West End Celebrity Orchestra on the Bosworth record label. As I mentioned, Bosworth was a production music library providing background music for radio, films, and television. I should say Bosworth is a production music library. Bosworth Music was founded in 1889 by Arthur Edwin Bosworth in Leipzig, Germany, and in 1948 the company moved its offices to Cologne. In 1998 it was acquired by the British company Music Sales Group, which licensed the rights to its library music to Soho Production Music, which reissued Bosworth tracks, but with changed titles. Fun fact, dozens of Bosworth tracks of stock music were used in all 13 seasons of the TV series SpongeBob SquarePants. Anyway, I hope you liked that West End Celebrity Orchestra track because here are three more of their original Bosworth records from the late 1930s. Thank you. 
Outside our usual timeline, that was In Party Mood, a 1944 composition by Jack Strachey. Most closely identified with his pop standard, These Foolish Things Remind Me of You. In Party Mood became the signature theme song for the long-running BBC radio request program, Housewives Choice. This performance by the West End Celebrity Orchestra was conducted by Louis Voss. Any relation, Ron? Before In Party Mood was T. Doll's Parade by Dutch composer Louis Noiret. Louis will be getting his own birthday segment in June, and you'll want to be sure to tune in for that, not only for the music, but also to find out his real name. We started the segment with Frog King's Parade from Bosworth 78 B.C. 1307 in 1937. Frog King's Parade was written by Heine Kronberger and Mary Marriott, who also brought us Buddha's Festival of Love. This next segment features four records by Mickey Guy, two by Mickey Guy and his Rose Tree Cafe Orchestra, and two by Mickey Guy's Hottentots, but not because Mickey Guy is having a birthday. As a matter of fact, I looked high and low but couldn't find Mickey Guy's birth date or anything about him other than, according to one newspaper article, he acted as a double for boxer Jack Dempsey in films. Which films, I don't know, and Mickey Guy has no credits on IMDb. Anyway, as I said, I'm not playing the Mickey Guy records for him, but rather for one of his band members. I love it when this show makes a personal connection with listeners, and this past week I received an email from Jennifer, who came across the show while she was looking for information online about a family member. That family member... Jennifer's great-uncle, Norman Toms, T-H-O-M-S, trumpeter in Mickey Guy's orchestras. Norman Andrew Toms was born May 12, 1908, in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, to King Toms and Jenny Olive Anderson. King Toms was born in China and in 1897 emigrated to the U.S. where he met Jenny, after whom Jennifer is named. 
King Tom's was a leader in Philadelphia's Chinese community and managed the Sun Deluxe Chinese American Restaurant, where the Five Kings of Syncopation played for patrons dancing on an all-mirrored dance floor. And yes, the same Five Kings of Syncopation who played with Sophie Tucker. King Tom's later owned his own Shanghai Garden Restaurant in Philly, which remained in the family until 1988. Norman Toms was present on all seven of Mickey Guy's issued sides, made in three sessions in 1925 and 1926. He also played in the Hal Kemp and Charlie Kerr orchestras. It doesn't appear that he recorded with Kemp, but he is listed in the personnel of a Kerr-Victor session on October 7, 1927, but it was to make a personal record, made on commission and not intended for public release. At the time of the 1930 census, Norman's occupation was still shown as orchestra musician, but in 1940 he was working for the city of Philadelphia Police College. Following his law enforcement career, Tom's retired to Cape May Point, New Jersey, where Jennifer's family used to visit when she was a little girl. Norman was married and had two daughters, six grandchildren, and several great-grandchildren. He died March 27, 1976, in Cape May Point. Here are the two sides by Mickey Guy and his Rose Tree Cafe Orchestra, made in New York by OK around September 4, 1925. Listen for Norman Toms on trumpet. Thank you. 
Apparently, there are lots of establishments around the Philadelphia area called Rose Tree, including the Rose Tree Cafe at Broad Street and Glenwood Avenue in Philadelphia, and the Rose Tree Cafe at Providence and Sproul Roads in Media, Pennsylvania. Newspaper advertisements and CD liner notes refer to Mickey Guy appearing at both, which may or may not be accurate. We just heard the two sides recorded by Mickey Guy and his Rose Tree Cafe Orchestra around September 4, 1925, from OK 40462. The first was Rose Tree Strut, a blues number written by Mickey Guy with featured soloists Mickey Guy on trombone and Frank Sax, not on sax, but clarinet, playing in almost a gas pipe style. That was followed by the flip side, So That's the Kind of a Girl You Are composed by Joe Burke. This was an instrumental, but there are words written by Al Dubin. The other five Mickey Guy sides are all by Mickey Guy's Hottentots and were made in two sessions, the first, again by OK, on March 3, 1926. Both of the next two records were made by Pathé in the final session around March 31st.
A little hotter than the Rose Tree Cafe sides, Mickey Guy's Hot and Tots with Rhythm Rag, written by Willard Robison, with a nice solo by trumpeter Norman Toms. And before that, Two Ton Tessie, written by Lou Handman and Roy Turk. The title may refer to Tess Gardella, a singer and actress who didn't weigh two tons, but did tip the scales at about 300. She's best known for her role of Aunt Jemima in the 1927 Broadway production of Showboat, and she also made a Vitaphone short film with Howard Lannon's orchestra. Mickey Guy's orchestras were heard on the radio and in person in Pennsylvania and New York into the 1930s, under a number of different names, and since Norman Toms was an orchestra musician until at least 1930, there's a good chance he was with Mickey Guy for the duration. Advertisements refer to his Victor Recording Orchestra and Columbia Recording Orchestras, but I don't find other recordings than the seven I mentioned. Jennifer, I hope you enjoyed this segment and offer my best wishes to you, your family, and your great-great-uncle Norman's entire family. I'm the great Glenn Robison, and this great show is Rapidly Rotating Records. We're here each and every Sunday evening at 6 on Island Radio, FM 88.7 KISL Avalon, and KISLAvalon.com. On last week's show, I played the Columbia University fight song, Roar, Lion, Roar, by the All-American Glee Club, followed by a couple of Dartmouth songs. I knew this and should have thought to mention it in the back announce, but a Columbia grad emailed this past week to remind me that in one of the greatest upsets in college football history, even more so because Columbia is all about academics and anything but an athletic school, in the Rose Bowl game on January 1, 1934, the Columbia Lions defeated the Stanford Indians 7 to nothing, making Columbia the only Ivy League team ever to have played in and won the Rose Bowl. If anyone ever wants to make a bet about that, remember, the Rose Bowl game started in 1902, but the Rose Bowl Stadium wasn't built until 1922. Also on last week's show, you heard Prince's Band, directed by G. Hepburn Wilson, with College Medley No. 1, and one of that trio of tunes was Johnny Harvard. It was an instrumental, but there are words to the song which caused a bit of controversy. Here's a recording of Johnny Harvard by the Orpheus Quartet. Oh, yes, Johnny Harvard, fill him up a full glass, fill him up a glass to his name and fame. And at the same time, don't forget his true love, fill him up a bumper to the brim. Then drink, 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 at the wine cup free. Drink, 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 jolly boys are we. Drink from care and despair, what care we? It's wine divine that brings us your lucky. Oh, here's the Johnny Harvard, fill him up a full glass, fill him up a glass to his name and fame. And at the same time, don't forget his true love, fill her up a bumper to the brim. We never dream, it's very clear, because the peace is very dear, but roll a tear, a keg of beer, and watch us wink, 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 we never dream, it's very clear, because the peace is very dear, but roll a 
founded on September 8, 1636, but despite popular belief, it was not founded by John Harvard, but by a vote of the great and general court of the governor and company of the Massachusetts Bay in New England. John Harvard was the first major benefactor to the school and donated half of his estate and his library of over 400 books to the school. I couldn't find who wrote the song Johnny Harvard, but it goes back to at least the 1800s. It was sung countless times over the years by students at informal gatherings and by choral groups at official events, including the Harvard Double Quartet on October 8, 1923, at the Oxford-Harvard Debate, held in Symphony Hall. In the audience that night was Delsevere King, Harvard class of 1895. I have a photograph of Mr. King, and it could be used as the personification of the word dower, Dell doesn't look like the most fun-loving, easy-going guy. Mr. King was an attorney and later chairman of the South Shore National Bank in Quincy, Mass. He was also the superintendent of the Anti-Saloon League of America, and, as you might guess, he took exception to the glorification of drinking in the song Johnny Harvard and dashed off a letter to the Harvard Glee Club protesting against a song which, as he put it, persuades its listeners to drink, 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 pass the wine cup free, and is disrespectful to the Constitution of the United States and defiant of the Volstead Act. Hey, I want to party with that guy. In his reply to Mr. King, Joseph Lautner, leader of the Harvard University Double Quartet, said, In the future, I assure you the Harvard Double Quartet will never again sing Johnny Harvard. I kind of doubt that stopped everyone from singing Johnny Harvard, but Delsever King then put on a contest, offering a prize of $200 in gold to the person submitting a new word best describing a lawless drinker. There were 25,000 entries, including the words boozocrat and boozshevik, but the winner was Miss Kate L. Butler of Dorchester, Mass., for her word, scofflaw. I know. I think we've got time for one more Harvard song. With winds of triumph flashing, with the strains of victory, for Eli's hopes we are dashing into blue obscurity. Resistless our team sweeps forward with the fury of the blast. We'll fight Last white line is past. Power. 
those of you who are fans of the National Lampoon Radio Hour will recognize that as the music bed for the Jimmy Dugan story on their 1975 Gold Turkey album. It's actually a song called Harvardiana, composed by Raymond George Williams, with the words by Sanger B. Steele, both members of the Harvard class of 1911. That's the first of three songs on Victor 26670, recorded July 3, 1940, by the All-American Glee Club, under the direction of Emile Cote. That's right, they played Roar, Lion, Roar last week. I'm sorry to edit out the other two songs on that record, but I want to move on to another college song. Another tune you heard on last week's show was Yale Bula, more commonly known as Bula Bula. Despite its popularity, Bula Bula is not Yale's official fight song. That honor goes to Bulldog by Cole Porter. Yale Bula March is generally attributed to Alan M. Hirsch, Yale class of not one, who wrote it in collaboration with classmates F.M. Van Wicklin, Albert Markwald, and James L. Boyce. They sang it for the first time at the Harvard-Yale football game on November 24, 1900. Yale won the game 28 to nothing, and the song was an immediate success. Even John Philip Sousa played Bula at a concert in New Haven in 1901 and recorded the song. A 1901 advertisement for the sheet music to Yale Bula March by the Philadelphia Sheet Music Store said the Yale Bula March has met with wonderful success and promises to be the most popular air of the season. The White House Orchestra plays it, Sousa plays it, everybody plays it who has it, and those who haven't it, whistle it. It is full of the whole-souled swing that college men get into everything they touch. The publishers say they will sell a million copies of it. Our price is 30 cents. Fun fact, the tune of Yale Bula March was given a set of words by Constantine D. Stefanova, Yale class of 99, and was adopted by the armed forces of Macedonia as the National Song of Freedom. By Hirsch's own admission in a 1930 letter, the tune was not entirely original, but adapted from one called Le Hula Bula. Another unrelated fun fact, from the time they began making the slushy product that causes brain freeze, 7-Eleven gave its slurpy flavors kooky names, including one in the 1970s called Fulla Bulla. Some people may think this show is Fulla Bulla, but this segment is going to be Fulla Bula beginning with Joseph Samuel's Music Masters. Thank you. 
The Yale University Band recorded it off-key in 1937. But there you have Bula Bula, performed by the Columbia Military Band on Columbia 35715, recorded in August of 1939. Before that, Ken Sisson and his orchestra with Bambula, written by Phil Brown and Von DeLeith. And, of course, you recognized Von DeLeith as the vocalist on Brunswick 3595, made June 23, 1927. We started off that Fulla Bula set with Bila Bula. Frank Crummett made a great version, but my copy of it isn't quite broadcast quality. So we heard Joseph Samuels' Music Masters on Emerson 10284, recorded in October of 1920. Joe Rosie wrote Bila Bula, and I'm working on getting Joe his own segment. I'm Glenn Robison, and I'm very pleased that you've chosen to spend this past hour with me listening to Rapidly Rotating Records. I hope you'll click in or tune in again next week, and as always, I thank you for your very kind attention. <laughs> ¶¶